Welcome to Five to Thrive, five strategies to equip and empower educators, parents, and students to thrive. And here are your hosts, Dr. Rhoda and Professor Marty. Welcome back. In today's episode, it's a good one, but you're used to me saying that. Uh, we are talking about back to school and just being very transparent. This is a really tough issue uh, to address because there are so many variables, so many moving parts, uh, looking at it objectively or emotionally. And, and just know as, as we address this, we do it uh, with, with grace and uh, our job is to, to promote thought. And ultimately the audience determines, wow, what is the best way that I can help uh, my child? So once again, Dr. Rhoda is here. And I know yesterday we uh, went to school uh, for one of our kids and uh, picked up books and orientation, etc. cetera. Uh, the other was virtual and so it, who knows? Who knows? So, Dr. Rhoda, help us out here with back to school. What do I do? All right. For one of the first times in my life, the phrase back to school is not conjuring up this giddiness, <laughs> which I feel really bad about. Uh, that phrase, you know, it's, it's just, I used to think about buying school supplies and excited about getting ready. I'd been rested up from summer. And instead, we may be thinking, well, what does this mean? How do I get my kid ready for a school year when there's so much uncertainty? And, and isn't that true? There is so much uncertainty. Yeah. And and e even in our lives, I talked to two of the student teachers, Zoom the crop rating teacher uh, yesterday. And, you know, in the district they're in, they're readdressing this every two weeks and things are changing. And it's just hard for everybody. It is truly. There's just, it's a challenging time. We know that there's uncertainty. We know that there's going to continue to be uncertain. That's the one thing we can be certain of, that right. it, we'll have uncertainty for a while here. And even after our school opens back up, whether it's face-to-face -face or whether it's remote or some sort of hybrid, there could be changes then. So flexibility, resilience, those are key things, and this is a great time to help our children learn those important life skills as well. So what do we do? How do we best prepare our children for the back-to-school experience in 2020? Whether your child is face-to-face, -face, completely remote, or some hybrid of the two, here are some basic tips that hopefully should be able to apply in all circumstances. And, and what I love about these upcoming tips is they apply regardless. So we may have, I may have, some, you know, with, with four kids, yeah. we, we may entertain all of Different these. Uh, and so yeah. whatever you say is going to be golden because I'm going to take it home and say, hey, I can apply this in <laughs> each of these situations. Well, the only thing, the only folks I want to apologize to up front right away, we're from the, coming from the U.S., and we have people in over 50 countries and so that listen to our podcast. And so circumstances are different in certain areas. And so if this one isn't really applicable for you, um, my apologies. But for most of us here in the United States, this is a big thing on our minds right now. This so is we what parents are talking yeah. about in, yeah. in our community. And if you were tuning in expecting to see the last in our series on the teenage brain, we just decided to take a break in that because of the timing of this issue. And we'll be back with the teen brain next week. So tip number one, try to keep your child's life as normal as possible. Your child doesn't need to be alarmed or have a sense of fear about this. We have some children that just going back to school makes them have some anxiousness. We don't want them to be afraid that they're going to, you know, get horribly sick or lose their life or so if, if they go back to school. Your child is going to be able to learn regardless of the instructional modality. Remember that your child is watching you and how you're reacting to all this. They take their cues from you. If we're panicked, their panic will increase. And this isn't healthy for them mentally or physically. 
You know, what I find interesting about that is what is the first thing that you do in the morning? Don't don't answer this, but I mean, this pretty much sets the stage for yeah. you know how you approach the the upcoming day. And you better believe some of your kids, not all my kids, but some of my kids are up when I get up. Yeah. And they're paying attention. Okay, what's dad doing? What's the first thing he does? What does he do after that? So so this habit forming is super, super important. Absolutely. And I have great respect for our scientists. They know things I don't know. I absolutely want to listen to them, respect them, try to understand what they're coming from. And yet I'm also trained to look at situations from a variety of perspectives. And so, you know, COVID-19 is a bad virus. People have become very sick and have died. My heart aches for those families. So, so far in the United States, about 160,000 people have died. So we need to take this very seriously. We need to have precautions. We also want to realize that people get sick and die every day. Over 500,000 children die every year from dysentery. That's diarrhea from not having clean water. Over a half a million kids every year. And that's something we could collectively solve, right? If we'd have put half the energy into right? Over 600,000, and, and yeah, all of these, you know, I mean, people are still going to die. God's going to have a way to call people home. But we have to be careful about alarming our children. And that's why I'm giving these statistics is try to help us see like a little big picture perspective on this. 600,000 people die from malaria every single year. Over 800,000 people commit suicide every year. Over 6 million people a year die from cancer, right? I mean, there's just a lot of death that goes on on an annual basis. Uh, but we keep, you know, our children, every time we, they watch the news three times in a day, three times they just think that 160,000 more people have died and they see us panicked and alarmed and nervous and they become more panicked. And that's one of the quickest ways to weaken your immune system, right, is, is through stress. So please don't let the media and other agencies determine what you allow to startle you and your children. Please don't let them decide what should breed hysteria within you and your family. You know, it's the media's job to startle. I know there's journalism, we can debate what's journalism, what's media, but most media outright, you know, anyway, I won't get into um, my soapbox on that, but just realize that they're doing their job. They're trying to get people to tune in and that's what they're supposed to do. Stress is one of the surest ways to weaken your immune system. So be careful, take care of yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, trust in the God who's been the God through pandemics and plagues and wars. Lean not on your own understanding, and may God just grant us an extra measure of patience and flexibility and as, as we go through all of this. And so we want to try to keep our children's lives as normal as possible and keep perspective. Try to keep your child's routine as normal as possible. Set a reasonable bedtime and start adhering to it. A reason, uh, wake up at the same time each day. Have a place to do homework. And what that means to me is regardless of if it's face-to-face, where they really don't have a choice because they need to be in the car or the bus Mm -hmm. at a set time, Mm -hmm. or virtual, uh, if it's synchronous or asynchronous, what this tells me is there's going to be a set time when we're waking up. And so it's not going to be one day, okay, I'm getting up at 8, but because I don't have to check in, the next day I'm going to get up at 1 p.m. I'm not referring to any one of my (laughs) kids, not the oldest one who's off in college, but um, anyways. Kids get security from structure, and so they, they get structure from that school day. And so we want to make sure that we're emulating that. It's okay to take a break during the summer. But now we're back into the school swing. So try to keep their routine as normal as possible. Limit screen time. When kids are on computers more often throughout the day for school, it becomes all the more important that they get outside and play, move around, get fresh air, that when they have downtime, they're not parked in front of a television or a screen of some sort. It's okay to have some time doing that, but make sure they're also getting out and moving. Allow 
for them to still socialize with friends. You know, depending on their age, this is an important developmental aspect. Even if they're just hanging out via Zoom and doing something together, it's especially helpful for our older children. So try to keep, let them continue to have some sort of social life. Continue to develop their interest in the arts. Can they practice or even begin to learn an instrument? You know, many lessons are available for free on YouTube. I've said it before, $5 harmonicas. This is a time for our kids. It used to be the kazoo. Everybody can learn a yes, harmonica Yes, and unfortunately, Dr. Rhoda, uh, I have a confiscated harmonica in our house. That's not thanks to you, but uh, to, yeah. Hilarious. Encourage them to draw or paint if they're bored or dance. Turn on some music and have a dance party. We need to continue to celebrate and enjoy the beauty and life in God's creation. Those last ones are much better choices than a har harmonica, okay? <laughs> You'll have to tell me more about this. As, as a child, I was so excited every year when I could go get my back-to-school supplies. Oh, man, just, I, it was a big event in my life each year. I would spend hours organizing my materials, looking through my books, sometimes putting covers on them, setting up my notebooks. I still get excited thinking about it. <laughs> this may explain why office supply stores remain one of my favorite places to visit. <laughs> Remember lunchboxes? Boy, what has new... happened to you? Dr. Rhoda, you know, <laughs> staples, office, yeah. Yeah, I'd rather go yeah, there than most yeah, stores. Not, not, to, not to Bel Air, but hey, let's let's go to each their own. Oh, anyway, um, you know, keep keep that routine. Let them get excited about the start of school and getting school supplies. Get some new school clothes. Um, even if they're learning remotely from home, some new pencils and notebooks that they get to pick out. It's going to help them transition and get excited about the start of the school year. So even, even those types of routines, even if you don't feel comfortable going to the store and you purchase those things online and have them delivered. And then make a big deal as you open the boxes and look at everything. Here's a biggie. Please communicate with your teacher. Ask for his or her advice on how to best get your child ready for the start of the school year. I'm sure they have specific tips that will be much more relevant than what we can share broad picture here. And we're on, while we're on that point, let's please also show grace for our teachers. They have had a summer like never before. If I may, uh, Dr. Rhoda, on that point, I just really think that that cannot be overstressed because I will tell you, I have been at many of my son's baseball games and overheard parents and, and discussions, and there are so many variables, um, and, you know, media is controlling the message. Uh, teachers, I'm biased. Going into teaching, you go because you want to help change a life. Mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes um, our society, generally speaking, doesn't realize that teachers and administrators to that point are limited with some of the actions that they they may take, a as we all are. But I right. think just just please... I think putting the best construction on everything, and for teachers and administrators, the same applies, putting the best construction on the parent, because there's so much room for miscommunication and wrong assumptions, just because there are so many variables. That's so true, and thanks for reinforcing that point. It's one of the best, strongest points we can make, right? Your teachers uh, would rather have it different. You know, I have spent my summer working to come back for this fall. I think I've worked more hours this summer than I've worked during the school year. And it's just, you know, it's not my choice. I would rather have just all of, you know, 
we would we would rather have the old way, but we just can't have the old way right now. So how do we best prepare and use what is and know that oftentimes decisions that are being made, your teacher has had no part in making those decisions. They're just left with, okay, now within this framework, how do I best educate these children entrusted to me? So let's try to be as graceful and as you said, compassionate. Let's put the best construction on things. You know, some parents may decide to handle this differently than different parents. It's just a lot of, none of that is a sin. It's personal choice and freedom, and we have to have a lot of grace and flexibility as we as we allow that. Help your child understand that grace and that flexibility that, that could be needed. Plans may need to change. It's okay. We know how to make adjustments in plans. As adults, what day ever goes as we actually planned it? Teachers, nothing ever goes like you plan it, right? Um, you're always adjusting your lesson plan. Mom and dad, when, you know, it just, we're used to change. We're used to having, you know, traffic. Something happens on the freeway. You're going to be late. You have to get off. Take a different route. We can model for children how to handle the unexpected and change with grace and with honoring people and not being upset and losing our temper and frustrated and overwhelmed. Our kids are watching us. Depending on the age of your child, I don't think it's necessary to give them all the details and keep them up to speed on all the latest mandates. If your child is older and they're showing an interest and they're asking you questions, then it's not bad to have a conversation with them. But really kids don't need, especially younger kids, don't need to be burdened with all those details and why adults are making them and if we think they're right or wrong. Or And I really like that where you as a parent uh, serve as a filter and yeah. synthesize and share the essential information because otherwise... I mean, it's information overload. Right. It's information overload for adults, and you're trying to figure out, okay, what really is essential? Imagine expecting kids who haven't had that opportunity to pull out you know, what's really important in this picture. They need to be focusing on four times four and photosynthesis. That's what they're learning right now. And again, they just need to know they're going to be able to go on an adventure, mm-hmm. um, learning despite the modality. I have said it before, the root word of question is quest. Learning should be this adventure, this fun journey to go out there and learn about God's creation and all these beautiful things he's given us. And, you know, we can do that, whether that's in an online format or a face-to-face format or a hybrid format. Good learning can happen in any of those modalities. And so let's get our kids excited about that. Continue to help them understand good hygiene. Practice washing hands often, not sharing food or drinks with others. Don't drink out of public drinking fountains right now. Explain to them what physical, you know, no more drinking out of the hose like we did when I was a kid, right? That's right. Explain to them what physical. Oh boy, we're getting old. (laughs) Explain to them what physical distancing is. Get a mask that's comfortable for them and help them become comfortable wearing it if that's what's required in your area. These are things that will be certain here in the U.S. And again, I apologize to those who this may not be applicant or relevant for that might be tuning in from other countries. So as a parent or teacher, you can discuss your school sanitation plan with the appropriate people, but that's not necessarily a detail children should be thinking about. Okay, but leave that up to the adults. Uh, Help them understand that plans may change. We need to be flexible and patient. That's part of being a resilient adult. And then make sure they're getting plenty of sleep and that you are too, right? There again, getting back to that schedule. Also, as I mentioned before, let's show grace with other parents. Each child has been entrusted to a set of parents. Those parents are responsible for making the decisions that impact their young children. It's a wonky time. It's challenging to know with certainty what's always the wise and the right thing to do. And that may vary for different families and their personal situations. And and I really like the the emphasis that it's going to vary. I mean, I can't Mm -hmm. tell you how many colleagues that I've talked to as these changes come. Some of them are working remotely. Some of them are looking for child service. It it, it is, I mean, that's additional stress. And so we we compound this stress. And it's no wonder all of these are at times a perfect storm for 
our, our, our kid most, to experience. Yeah. Most definitely. So we need to have grace with ourselves. We need to have grace with other parents and not, not judge them for decisions they're making that they feel is what is in the best interest of their personal family. They're the ones responsible for that. You get to decide what's best for your family. Please allow them to do the same. And people are, as I said, people are not sinning based on these decisions that they're making. There's room for personal choice here. If the government hasn't mandated it, we as Christians can follow along unless it goes against our faith. Again, let's model grace and love for our children. I'm going to close with a statement that I posted on my social media account this week that I thought I would just like to leave you with. God loves your child more than you do, and you need to get that. You may have given birth to them, but he gave life to them, and he has a purpose for them. And there's not a pandemic big enough or a school year weird enough that can change his plan for them. Ignore the noise of the world. Listen to the voice of God. Rest in the hands that are holding your child and you too. Our goal in Five to Thrive is to equip and support educators and parents as they help each child develop to his or her full God-given potential. So here are five key takeaways on this episode on Back to School. Number one, try to keep your child's life as normal as possible, regardless of the environment and regardless of the situation that you're in. Number two, avoid their exposure to the news. You know, we, so I can't, Dr. Rhoda did a nice job stressing that again and again. I, I would just concur. Avoid their exposure to the news and keep things in perspective. There's always a healthy tension there. Keep things in perspective. Number three, uh, this is a real easy actionable item for, at least I think for me, is limit screen time. That is something that you can approach your, your child with and, and set some parameters. Uh, number four, allow your kids to socialize. They need it. They're designed to need it. Uh, creatively come up with ways to allow for that. And number five, I mean, this is just really an overriding theme that you heard Dr. Rhoda share again and again. Help your child understand grace and the need for flexibility. Thanks for taking the time to learn with us. Let us know how you're doing. If you have questions, challenges, or successes you want to share, please let us know through the comment section of our website. May your week be blessed.